looked like it wanted to have me sign in. I'm like, but why? It's because and I it was and, like, just kidding. Okay, good. It's because I hadn't yet clicked the option to enable anyone with the link to open it. Oh. But uh, it was anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Screw you. I don't need that. I don't need your permission. <laughs> as you as you like to say, I'm not your dad, or you're not my. You know what I mean. You'll get that right one of these years. <laughs> Two best um friends. Oh wait, keep your shirt on. It's just a typo. Stop. You are freaking ridiculous. Who think they know football? The Chiefs or the Colts or wow, the Chargers. There we go. Stop thinking, just read. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson. I spent $25 to get Jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force as a flip <laughs> Kingsbury suddenly cried out in a silence. The 2M football show starts now. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this, welcome into another exciting episode of 2M Football. Mike and Matt back at it. Um, Sorry we missed you last week. My household has been assaulted by a variety of illnesses over the past 10 days. (laughs) Mike's stupidity, not as, you know, not aside. Well, that's a constant, right? So you're still getting that. Don't worry. But um, yes, and you might what be I look for the two M football show for. I'm still getting over it a little bit myself, even so. But I've got my cup of tea here. I've got my water bottle of, co- of uh, water and uh, water bottle of coffee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I was about to say that. Hopefully, that'll be enough to uh, get through the next 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, it's an exciting show today. <clears throat> We've got our Thanksgiving date games to preview, uh, along with recapping some of the top games from Week 11. We'll do our usual Week 12 preview. And uh, I'm getting more and more excited about the Fantasy Corner these days. Yeah, it, the, the cycle has reversed, that's <laughs> for sure. And uh, it's all coming to a head this weekend as we face off uh, with the playoffs on the line. Yeah, I'm just going to take the loss now. <laughs> I realized I could take my roster and field an entire an entire team of questionable players. How does that make you feel? I mean, on any other week, it would make me feel bad for you, but uh, not this week. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, speaking of injuries, in general, I feel like that was another one of the biggest um things coming out of week 11 and it all started on the first game of the week Thursday night the Bengals Ravens uh, super exciting AFC North divisional showdown but it was kind of marred by big injuries on both sides Mark Andrews first I mean the, it was like it was just a freaking brawl bowl going on it seemed like right it was like a game of NFL blitz uh, 2000 if you remember that wow that's a throwback except where people actually do get hurt because I'm pretty sure that game had no injuries. If they did, there would be no players left by the end. (laughs) But yeah, it started on the Ravens first possession with Mark Andrews. Uh, Their star tight end leaving with uh, what looks like it's going to be a season ending ankle injury, but then even more impactfully Joe Burrow left in the first half with a, a wrist injury. 
apparently there, there's been a lot of discussion about this, whether he came in banged up and the team didn't report it because there was some Twitter photo that came out of him wearing something, some kind of brace that appeared on that right wrist on the team bus coming into the game, but he had been off the injury report all week. Um, regardless of that, he, he has a torn ligament in that throwing wrist and is now done for the season. Huge blow for the Bengals, who had really recently been putting it all together. Um, and, and nothing official came out of it, but it just looked to me like Lamar was hobbled most of the game. Yeah, he wasn't like he had no speed. Yeah. He looked uncomfortable the rest of the game. He was like slipping and falling all by himself. There were at least three times in this game I thought he had just torn something because he just went down non-contact and it looked really scary. Which is usually the sign when somebody tears an ACL or an Achilles or some right. type of tendon in their lower body because they usually just drop. Yep. <clears throat> but he made it through and obviously the Ravens got a big win once Burrow left. And uh, the injuries continued right through the weekend with Geno Smith. Uh, getting hurt in Seattle's loss to the Rams uh, added to the list of QBs that have gotten hurt this season. They also lost their starting running back, Kenneth Walker. Will we make it to the end of the season with any of the original starting quarterbacks? I mean, those are going to be like the last remaining actually good teams, right? It's it's not even about how good they are. It's just, did you keep your starting quarterback healthy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cooper Cup got hurt again for the Rams, <clears throat> as well as the Dolphins' exciting rookie running back, Devon Achan. We've been, I say we, anyone who owns him in fantasy has been waiting for him to come back from this knee injury because he was so explosive, ripping off huge plays. And on his second touch of the game, he re-aggravated the same knee injury and uh, was ruled out. So two things with this season. Why does it feel like people are rushing back their good players? And two, has this been a more injury-prone year than ever before? I mean, I feel like we now because we do the show, we we see a lot more than when we, I think we were just fans. Yeah. But I feel like this year has just been outrageous with injuries, at least in the quarterback and running back departments. Yeah, yeah, and, and you hit on it there. I think the reason it, it feels even more impactful than usual is because there's so many quarterbacks going down. I think we brought it up uh, at their last show or sometime recently. Almost half of the quarterbacks starting any given week now are not their team's original starter for the season. It's just crazy. I, I feel like I can't remember a season like this where it's just been so many teams affected. Uh, speaking of teams that are starting a different quarterback than what they started the season with, how you feeling over there, Jets boy? <laughs> Okay, it's not Jets boy. Get us right. It's Aaron Rodgers boy. <laughs> no, you've been all in the Jets since hard knocks, so don't even start with me. You're right. You're right. The weird fascination I have with this team continued even in the post-Rodgers Achilles era. And uh, it's been it's been a dumpster fire on offense. Just historically bad with Zach Wilson ever since. I mean, all season because he started four plays in uh, to week one. Why so. would happen? No, I'm kidding. We won't. <laughs> it's been terrible. And, uh, you know, fans have been calling for a change. 
they obviously didn't do anything at the trade deadline or any time after Rodgers got hurt. They had plenty of time to make a move, decided to stick with Zach Wilson. Yeah, they made a move uh, this past week, but, you know, is it too late for where? Right. They finally, they finally benched Zach Wilson in the middle of their uh, week 11 loss to the Bills. Uh, but it wasn't Trevor Simeon, their recent or relatively recent signing, who took over. It was Tim Boyle. I and, didn't uh, even know he was still playing. <laughs> and uh, I mean, yeah, things didn't get any better. He came in through a pick, had like 30 yards on the same number of completions as Wilson. Uh, but I, I don't think it even matters if it was better or worse. They just need something different. This town, the rest of the team, everyone is just sick of seeing Zach Wilson on the field. And uh, they made a change. And Boyle's going to get the start again this week for them. Anyway, you asked me how I feel. It is depressing being invested in this Jets offense at all. And I am times two because of fantasy. Um, And it is tough. This offense cannot move the ball. They score like once every 40 offensive possessions. (laughs) Just like I said, historically bad. You know who else can't move the football? Who's that? The Pittsburgh Steelers. However, that may be about to change. Hey, thank you for segueing us. Otherwise, we would just this would just be an hour of Jets talk. <laughs> I mean, we're like, no, it's supposed to be the Green Bay corner or the Green Bay bench or something like that. When we are not going to New York, I forbid you. The Green Bay bench, I like that. Okay, anyway, tell me about your Steelers. Well, should I start with the Steelers or the Browns on this side of it? Because the Browns won by three. However, Deshaun Watson is out again this season um, with, as you corrected, uh, Joe Flacco being sent to their, their practice squad. However, I have never seen Steeler fans rejoice due to a loss. It would be the equivalent in Green Bay if we lost and Joe Barry was fired. Yes, it would. <laughs> However, Matt Canada has been relieved of offensive coordinator duties in a game where Pickett barely cracked 100 yards. And outside of that, the offense only had 175 total yards. Yet, shockingly, with that one, the Steelers only lost by three. So I don't know what that says about both these teams, right? should have been a much greater game than that one. Uh, but the Browns were led on the helm of Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> someone had a reversal of your luck. Someone was dumb enough to won. start him. Yeah, yeah. This guy got the window. Congrats, Kevin. <laughs> um, but as game as uh, as time expired, the Browns kicked the game-winning field goal. The Steelers fall to six and four. They're third behind Baltimore and Cleveland. However, with the change with Matt Canada, it's going to see whether the issue is Canada running the offense or is it Pickett. Like, there seems to be some yeah. regression there, but this really is going to now bring into light the possibilities. And it seems like Mike Tomlin will continue to be the coach 
of the Pittsburgh Steelers, despite some off or despite some midseason questions. So I think he's uh, cooled the hot seat there. Yeah, it's it's super interesting now to see what happens next because yeah, like you said, people have been clamoring for Canada to lose his job for a long time now, and uh, it probably helps that he's gone, but also in a way that also means pressure is on, right? If if Canada was the problem, removing him should make Pickett uh, start playing much better, right? But if he doesn't, then that just compounds the questions on him. And uh, but but yeah, for now. It's or it, it's exciting. pick it only one more year with the fact of, you know, who's going to be the interim OC until the end of the season when they hire a new offensive right. coordinator and can <laughs> they do anything? But I think this puts more light on the situation of if they hire, you know, a good offensive coordinator and Pickett still can't perform, like now it's leading more towards maybe – Canada wasn't necessarily the problem. I think he was part of the problem, but yeah, is this a twofold problem or is this just a singular a coordinator who can't coordinate? Right, and it was a, a big deal because it's the first time the Steelers have fired any coach in the middle of a season since 1941. They just don't do it, and uh, but they felt like they had no choice in this situation. It is interesting to me that the Browns, without Deshaun Watson, for the rest of the season now they're seven and three and they have a great defense as as you can see well, in the they're gonna system. ride their defense i think their defense puts them in really good positions to win games um i've said it for years now it feels like but offense gets you in the game but you need a good defense to keep you in the game and when you have a defense that's capable of forcing the turnover of the ball it really puts your offense in better field position i mean it does so much to open it up yeah, I just wonder if they keep rolling with the rookie or they had P.J. Walker start a few games earlier in the year. Now they got Flacco as a trustworthy veteran. Does he start a few games for them? Because it, for a lot of teams, it all falls to pieces when they lose the starting quarterback. But the Browns are firmly in the playoff mix, at least as of today. All right, let's uh, talk about the other game. Who was almost part of the playoff mix there <laughs> and actually who might be slowly moving back into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Um, the Vikings versus the Denver Broncos. This was a game. Um, this was an exciting game, a very frustrating game for me. But um, a game that showed the tail of the tape for two teams. Um, the Vikings still without Justin Jefferson and under the guise of the miraculous Josh Dobbs continue to dazzle. I mean, the only difference between these were the turnovers. Um, Madison fumbled, which, excuse me, which seemed to throw a swing of momentum in the third quarter where the defense had allowed just nine points to the Broncos through three quarters. Um, the pick that Dobbs threw, like, unfortunately, it had to happen. Um, they both led to field goals, but that was just enough, like, yeah, let's still points on the game. board. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it wasn't until late uh, with 109, uh, with a minute nine left, um, Corton Sutton to the end zone to take the 21 20 lead. And the Vikings had a shot. Like, this was it. Like, right? This was going to be the Josh Dobbs magic. Yeah. <laughs> and 
an intentional grounding call derailed the drive, and that ended the five-game win streak for the Vikings. Um, they're still six and five, and you know, firmly in the playoff picture, uh, second in the in the division here. So, man, like, despite all that, I feel good where the Vikings sit. The Broncos are up and coming, and this kind of, ironically, bleeds over into years, right? Yeah, right. With our playoff sleepers going head to head here. But, you know, it's the tale of two tapes, right? Like, look at how far the Broncos have come. And to go up against the Vikings and to eke out this one-point game, like, this has also been the Vikings' bane this year. Last year, they were the best in the NFL at one-score one games. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And this year, that just seems to be their Achilles heel. But I like what I saw. And the fact of the matter is you can't count them out. You know, who we also can't count out, apparently now, is the 5-5 five and five Broncos. <laughs> Yeah, I mean this this was a fun game. The Vikings were in total control uh, until those late those turnovers in the second half. You mentioned let Denver back in the game, but I think um, yeah, both of these teams have have shown a lot of improvement after shaky starts to the season. And I think um, on defense, particularly for for both of them, uh, remember the Broncos gave up seventy to Miami. That feels like a long time ago now. The way they've been playing, uh, Denver have won four in a row now with this that. With this win, the Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton touchdown connection is crazy. Uh, that's all he does. All he does is score touchdowns, Cortland Sutton. You know what else one of their players does? All he does is just drop passes. <laughs> Judy? Yeah, just drop Judy is what I've called him. Mm, that's pretty good. He, Judy actually played well in this one. Maybe motivated by not getting the trade he wanted. Um, but anyway... Uh, I would argue that the Broncos still look a little shaky on offense. They're not putting up a lot of yards, but their defense has been incredible the last during this win streak, pretty much just forcing turnovers and putting the Patrick offense. Sertan, one of the premier lockdown corners of the league. Man. Yeah. Yeah, he's been great. Defense is playing well, and, and the defense is putting the offense in good position to uh, score points. Um, so. That formula has been working for them on this win streak. It's nice to see after their one and five start where everything looked like it was over and Sean Payton might be getting fired in year one of his mega deal. Obviously, that was never going to happen, but things are looking a lot better now. Uh, there's another formula that you have kind of going on here. I do. Uh, have I see a bunch of green check marks. What's going on <laughs> with those? Oh, yeah. My other playoff sleeper who I'm about ready to disown at this point. The <laughs> Commanders. They got to play. It seemed like a good opportunity. They were at home to the Danny DeVito, or sorry, we we I need to put some respect on his name and, and call him by his actual name because he played great. Which is Tommy DeVito. Okay. His long lost uh, nephew. <laughs> there it is. But anyway, it should have been a great opportunity for the Commanders to get a win here. Um, but instead they they set um. They set the guidelines for how to do this. How do you lose to Tommy DeVito? Well, and his team. Here's how you do it. You allow four sacks. You turn the ball over six times. And you let Saquon Barkley run wild, even though he's literally the only competent offensive player on the team. I mean, and for you, crying out loud, going up against him was so aggravating. If you do those three things, you will lose to a Danny DeVito-led team as uh, the commander's 
so impressively showed. <laughs> Six turnovers. That's insane. That's a lot of turnovers. I think Howell threw three picks, including one returned for a touchdown at the end that that snuffed out their comeback attempt. Uh, and then they also, as a team, lost three fumbles, which is just wild. Uh, and as for the Giants, they now have three wins on the season. And guess what? The Commanders account for two of those. <laughs> nice. And neither of those games was against the Giants' week one starter, uh, Daniel Jones. They lost. <laughs> the Commanders have lost to Tyrod Taylor and now Tommy DeVito. <laughs> yeah, I mean, big. I don't want to say it, but is it possible Ron Rivera could seat could be getting a little warm? I don't know, man. Yeah, possibly. And how about um, the enemy? Like this offense is bad. Like, I know Howell's putting up some good numbers, and for fantasy, it's he's weird great. because he's it doesn't feel good. complete. Like, I don't think their offense is complete garbage, but remember, no. they did trade away both of their star defensive linemen. Yep, at the deadline. So they have some type of, like, almost like a secondary rebuild plan going on, which I don't understand completely, but that's kind of what it seems. So I don't know if there's some strategy here because, again, like you mentioned, Howell's numbers look good. The offense feels like it's clicking, but there's just something missing. I mean, wins, obviously, but. Yeah, I mean, the, the yeah, Howell's numbers look pretty good, and they're running the ball well. Brian Robinson looks really effective on the ground. But, yeah, you're right. Something is just. It's not clicking. Missing. It's almost there. I feel like they're one or two things away. Like. I, don't know. I mean, if you take away even like three of those six turnovers and a few of those turn into points for Washington instead, obviously it's a completely different game. So maybe that's all it is. It's like taking care of the football while also keeping the, you know, the big plays and the good numbers. I don't know. I don't care either anymore. The commanders are dead to me. Stick a fork in them. <laughs> you ready for the... Packers bench, or what did you call it? The Green Bay bench? Packers corner? Yeah, the Green Bay bench. All right. More injuries. <laughs> Not I to harp got, on this. I don't want to talk about injuries. <laughs> I know. I'm getting, that word is starting to cause make my eyes start twitching. But uh, Green Bay didn't have Jair Alexander or Rudy Ford in the secondary for this game against the Chargers. Oh, um, but wait. There's more. Because <laughs> this there's, is just a ridiculous yeah. game. Like, the first quarter was just, like, mind-blowing. Yeah, because I didn't have this game airing uh, locally, you know, for me. And so I was relying on you to text me the updates. And you're like, um, they brought out the card again. Who's it for this time? Because I think it was three different players carded off, right? Aaron Jones first for the Packers, Joey Bosa for the Chargers, and uh, even the Packers' third-string running back, Emmanuel Wilson. All taken off via the cart, like... In the first Even half, the announcers, right? like the, the people, the, the announcers for the game, the commentators were all like, all right, we have another injury timeout. Wonder who, like, wondering who it is this time. Like, they didn't say it in that way, but it's like you could see them. Like, it's like when they get so many penalties, they're like, and another flag. Yeah, right. Like, and the training staff's going onto the field. I mean, at one point, the guy made a remark. He's like, the training staff for both teams have earned their pay today. That's how many times players just went down. Seriously, yeah. 
And uh, even injuries aside, just to the actual game, I was pretty nervous about this one, just given how much firepower the Chargers do have on that offense, with um, <clears throat> led by Justin Herbert. And uh, Keenan Allen's been lighting it up at wide receiver. We all know about Austin Eckler and what he can do on the ground. So I was pretty worried about that. But I think it was the Packers offense that actually impressed more. This, for me, might be Jordan Love's best game of the season so far. They were finally able to really push the ball down the field and generate some big plays, which has been one of their biggest problems is his accuracy downfield and just in general, the offense being kind of sluggish. Uh, They started pretty fast in this one, too. That's the other thing is they've been, what, like the worst scoring offense in the first half, but close to the best in the second half. Yep. Much more even performance, I think, in this one. And especially the fact that they had to do it with virtually no running game with two out of their three active running backs injured very early on here. And as maybe as a result of that, you saw big contributions from all of their young wide receivers. Uh, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, both were with receiving touchdowns, the rookie Jaden Reed on a, uh, with a rushing touchdown, a long one I mean, too. That was at that point, we had no running back. So you might as well start yeah. using wide receivers. Right. Even this other guy, less, less heralded, but Dontavian Wicks has been getting involved a lot in the passing game, too. It was like a fourth receiver and made some big plays. Yeah, I picked him up, and he's questionable. <laughs> oh, I have more on injuries for the Packers uh, Thanksgiving preview, but it's in, it's just wild what's going on. Um, I do think the Packers got a bit lucky in this one. The defense kind of got bailed out a couple of times. Of several drops uh, by Chargers players that could have been big plays. Keenan um, Allen with like two or three, which as long as I've watched him play in the league, like he's got pretty damn good hands. Yeah, I feel like he's been your he's your prototypical like possession receiver, right? Like he runs good routes and he has great hands. But um luckily not for us, not, not the case. Yeah. You had a rare Austin Eckler fumble uh, down at the goal line where they're about to score. Um and then you had the rookie. This is the biggest play of the game, probably. Right at the end, the Chargers down three points and uh, trying to drive down the field to either tie it with a field goal or, or get the win with a touchdown. And Herbert hit a wide open Quentin Johnston streaking up the sideline. He had beaten his defender. He was gone if he caught it. But bounced off his hands, bounced off his knee, and then <laughs> harmlessly to the turf. Like, it's funny because there was the moment of celebration of, like, he didn't catch it, but then the frustration of, like, that was one of the more, like, perfect passes to where you want it to go. Yeah. Oh, man. It was a beautiful ball by Herbert. Yeah. In stride, like, it's the ball that every receiver hopes for, right? Like, hey, hit me in stride a little bit out in front so I can run into the ball and I'm gone. Yep. Yep. And, like... Like MVS, just can't do it. Oh man, in the Chiefs game, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, if there was a team for the Packers to get a win against, the, the Chargers are as good at beating themselves as any NFL team out there. <laughs> Brandon Staley needs to go. Did you see his? Uh, he's like yelling at reporters after the game. They were asking him if there, if anything needs to uh, change with the way he's calling the defense, or if he needs to. I think the implication was, do you need to give up play calling? Play? Yeah, yeah. 
And he just went on this rant about how everything's fine. And he's like, stop asking that question. Don't ask that again. <laughs> I didn't see that one, but I saw Rex Ryan on one of the football, like one of the sports talk shows go off, telling him he needs to go back to Division Three college where he belongs. That's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's not wrong because this franchise has been so cursed with the inability to finish games. And I will stand by it that this team is too talented for that. You have yeah. arguably, and maybe not statistically wise, but as a fan wise, we think we have one of the worst rush defenses in the league. You have a mobile quarterback and you had Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly, both fantastic runners, and you couldn't run the ball against this team. Yeah, true. I think I saw Eckler only had 10 rushing attempts in the box score. Like, that is just criminal to me. Yeah, the biggest run was, I think, like a 20-something yard or a 35-yard scamper by Justin Herbert, which I was like, oh, here it goes. This is where it all comes undone. <laughs> but then it didn't, and I was like, okay, maybe maybe we're all right. Deep breaths. Yeah, I, I feel uh... – I don't want to say this too confidently, but but I feel like the Packers are slightly improving lately. Watch this come back to bite me immediately in about. I was gonna say, let's wait until we check to see who their Week Twelve opponent less, is. Yeah, right. Farther. Less than forty-eight hours time. <laughs> All right. Well, they got to win this week, and that was nice. Definitely not one I expected against the Chargers. But I'll take what I we can get. Absolutely. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will be back with the Week 12 Preview. And welcome back in to the Football Show. Mike and Matt here with our Week 12 Preview, uh, presented as always by Mike's Watchability Index. Yes. And my top game of the week is one that's usually reserved for Thursday night games, the Jaguars at Texans. But in this case... Uh, this is pretty exciting. This yeah. is the perfect spot. I approve of this greatly. Jags come in at seven and three. Texans six and four behind their superstar rookie quarterback CJ Stroud. And uh, these teams come in at first and second place in the division. Are you just going to leave Tank Dell out of that? I mean, Tank Dell. No, I I shouldn't. I would be remiss to leave him out because he's been a huge part of of Stroud's success. And I really wish I had him on my fantasy team. <laughs> That's hurting more and more by the week. <laughs> I mean, your record's better than mine now, so I don't know what the true price is, but. Maybe we can trade back. <laughs> uh, I'm good. All right. Fair enough. Uh, the Jaguars had been uh, struggling a little bit, but got back on track last week with a big win um, over Tennessee, right? And the Texans have beaten a lot of good teams lately. I mean, they took down Cincinnati uh, with Burrow uh, two weeks ago. And uh, I should write this stuff down before I start assuming I can just remember it. They, they won again last week. Houston did. So, yeah, the Texans had big victories over the Bengals. Oh, they beat the Cardinals last week. Not that impressive. They've beaten the Jaguars once already. Yeah, week three, a, a beatdown, 37-17 in Jacksonville. And uh, maybe that, I think that was their first one of the season when we started to take notice a little bit. Like, okay, maybe 
maybe Stroud can actually be something, unlike yeah, his. Yeah, because uh, then they, they, they walloped the Steelers the following week. They barely lost to the Falcons then. And then it just began this run. Like they beat the Bucks, um, the Bengals, and the Cardinals, yeah. which were still under the foray. I mean, Cardinals have Kyler Murray back now. That was no gimme. No, and, and uh, they have uh, James Conner back. So, right. Like, this so you, is, the defense has been as impressive holding down that pairing to just 16 points last week. Um, and they're going for the season sweep here against the Jaguars. This is a very exciting game. And I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm going all in. I should have picked the Texans as a sleeper. Never saw it coming. I'm pretty sure the six wins they have this season are as many as they've won combined in the previous two years, at least. I was going to say 10 years, it feels like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll take the Texans. In Stroud, we trust. So happy, happy I have him in one of my dynasty leagues. <laughs> like the only thing I can hang my hat on right now in fantasy in general. Uh, right. You don't get to complain. Next one. You're right. You're right. We'll get there. Um, I'm feeling very good about fantasy lately. All right. Bills at Eagles. The is is my second ranked game. The Eagles nine and one. Coming off that win over the uh, Chiefs on uh, Monday night. And the Bills, who have struggled a bit lately, kind of a get right game, beating down the Jets. Um, Another team that has had cut their offensive coordinator. That's right. Yeah. Dorsey's gone. Yeah, and the one week sample size of him not being there uh, looked pretty good against what has been a stout Jets defense. But any anyone's going to lose hope and give up eventually if they're forced to watch too much Zach Wilson. I think that's what's happening to Sauce Gardner and the, and the guys. Uh, but anyway, back to the Bills. It feels like their season is is kind of on a knife's edge right now. They're six and five. I think they're at least as of last week they were on the outside of the playoffs looking in. They need to win this as hard as this game is. This hat this is this is becoming an almost must win game. Yeah, and and it doesn't get much easier for them after this. They have a brutal schedule coming up. And uh, the Eagles, uh, you know, the Chiefs have a good defense, but the Eagles struggled to do much offensively in that game for about two and a half quarters before they got things going enough to eke out the narrow victory. Um, yeah, it's a huge game in the AFC. And and I think, or, yeah, I guess for both teams, but, but the Eagles have the number one seed pretty much. I mean, it's too soon to have it actually locked up, but... There's, there's more of a drop-off in the NFC you know, compared to the AFC. So I, I would definitely say the Bills need it more, but I'm going to take Philly. Yeah, I just – the Bills are a very weird team going in this year. They have as many downs as they have ups lately, so I have to lean towards the, the domination of the Eagles, especially coming off of that big victory over KC. Yeah, it's the – one of the funniest things to happen this season is that the Eagles won loss being to the Jets. That's why the NFL is so fun. It makes no sense sometimes. Anything can happen any week. How many times have we seen it? <laughs> Next up for me is the Sunday night game, Ravens at Chargers. The Ravens come in at 8-3, and three, Chargers 4-6 and six after that loss to Green Bay. 
And uh, yeah, that's the main headline here for me. How many more losses can Brandon Staley survive if the season starts to really slip away? You know, every year there's one team you just feel bad for the fan base for. And it used to be, you know, the it used to be the Lions, right? Partially because it's our home division. But yeah, I'm starting to feel for these Charger fans. It's been going on for such a long time, right? Even back to the Rivers days. Just it, it feels like the franchise is, is cursed. They made a deal with the devil somewhere along the line or that they'd always be relevant, but never good enough. <laughs> like you would have thought the move from San Diego to L.A. would have been like a renewed, right? Nope. <laughs> made it worse, if anything. And And the craziest part, and I think the most damning thing for Staley is that it's the defense letting him down. Herbert is incredible. This offense puts up points almost every single week, but the defense allows just as many. And, uh, I mean, more often than not, more points. Uh, that said, I do not see a way for the Chargers to win this game. I'm going to take it Baltimore. Yeah, I, I'm i picking Baltimore in hopes that with a 4-7 and seven record and potentially on the way out of playoff contention, Brandon Staley is finally cut. I will be right one of these weeks. I mean, they're they're last in the division right now. The Chargers are. They're below the Raiders, who fired their coach a few weeks ago. They're below Denver, who started one and five. It's uh, it's looking really really dire for this Chargers team. Oh, hey, speaking of those Chiefs and Raiders, I've got this Ooh. game next. Seven to three Chiefs coming off uh, that. Last. I would have put a different game here, but that's okay. Yeah, this is maybe too high because of the Raiders side of things. Well, but it's also like, I'm going to pull the U card and be like, this is more of a sentimental position more than anything. <laughs> oh, OK. Well, that doesn't make it not valid. I feel like the Raiders, for some weird reason, always play the Chiefs pretty tough. And this game is in Vegas. They've shown noticeable improvement since firing Josh McDaniels. And as we just witnessed, the Chiefs wide receivers literally cannot catch a football. Uh, so for those reasons, I think it could be an interesting and probably a spicy contest. You've always got Max Crosby on this Raiders defense to give Mahomes nightmares and Jawan Taylor. I feel like the, the Chiefs right tackle, he's got to be leading the lead, leading the league in false start penalties. <laughs> and I mean, geez, it's crazy every single week. It, and it feels like he's lining up further and further into, like, the pocket, basically, the offensive backfield. And he's right, going like, have... to the point where you can almost hear the quarterback's earpiece. So at that point, there should be no false start possible. <laughs> right. And Max Crosby is going to eat him alive. So I, I, think, uh, I think the Raiders will make it interesting, but I'm still taking Kansas City. Um. You know, I'm going to be spicy. I'm going to yes. take the Raiders. Do it. I love it. I think the Raiders have just completely had a culture shift um, under their new interim head coach, which I'm hoping at this point with what he's done, he becomes the Raiders head coach. Yeah, that would be um, fun. I feel like they rarely give it to the interim guy, but I feel like he's... Like, Pierce has done a lot with this team. This team feels different. Yeah. And this is another team that's had a nice defensive turnaround. And uh, Pierce, 
is he was the linebackers coach. Is that right? I believe so. And they, you know, they just held Miami to 20 points, one of the most explosive offenses out there. And that was in Miami, so even more impressive. They're getting decent play from their rookie Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. Um, yeah, you know what? I like the pick. I'll stick with Kansas City, but I I applaud you <laughs> your bravery. You know me. I, I there's always a spicy pick or two in here. <laughs> All right, Niners are seven and three, traveling to. Pacific Northwest to take on the six and four Seahawks. Uh, this is the Thanksgiving evening game. Uh, should be a good one there. Kind of a bummer though, is that Geno Smith might not be able to play. Yeah. <laughs> bummer for several reasons, right? Don't want to talk about this game. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Sorry, is I'm going to be that cranky old no, that's okay. Yeah, it looks like Drew Locke is still the number two guy there. I'm looking, so after Geno went out of their game last week, Locke came in. He went two of six for three yards and a pick. <laughs> yeah, and then Geno came back in. The guy couldn't throw one more touchdown pass. <laughs> Addison couldn't have two more catches, and I, I would have been fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not grout. I'm not. I'm not salty at all. Fantasy football makes us all bitter. So mad. What what is the injury? I'm trying to find it was a shoulder. Shoulder. Yeah, that's not great for a guy who has to. No, it was elbow. Okay. Yeah, that's not great either. (laughs) This game would be higher if Gino was healthy. Well, from what I'm seeing is uh, Pete Carroll said Geno Smith is, is is going to is going to play. Oh, did he? Um, so this was from one day ago. He got hit on the tendon on his triceps. The bottom of the tricep is where his helmet hit the back of his arm. Uh, suffered a bruise on his triceps, but he says Pete Carroll says Geno Smith will play on Thanksgiving. Oh well, all right. Then. However, great news. Just to be fair, how many times have a coach has been absolutely confident? Yeah. Only to find out the day before. And Pete Carroll specifically, I think, has a history of just being basically a liar. (laughs) (laughs) But sure, let's assume Geno plays, um, and then it would be a good game. Either way, I'll take the 49ers, though, to win. Yeah. Purdy just absolutely blew it up last week, so kudos to that kid. Yeah, he had a perfect quarterback rating, right? Yep. And I saw the stat uh, between this week and last week. It's the how to phrase this. It's like the best two game stretch of quarterback ratings in NFL history. I, I believe is the stat I saw. So yeah, Purdy has been awesome. Got It helps that he's got Debo back, obviously McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk doing big things, George Kittle. It's, it's a great team. And uh, yeah, I think they'll win. Next up, we got four and six Buccaneers uh, taking on the five and five Colts who today released their linebacker, Darius Leonard, uh, formerly Shaq Leonard, and uh, at least to me, this was a pretty surprising out-of-nowhere move. He's been one of the leaders of their defense for many years now. I'm sure there's something I'm missing, but I just saw that headline, and I was like, what? Yeah, I I was completely taken aback by that as well. Uh, the Colts have been kind of interesting. Jonathan Taylor's back fully healthy, looking good. Michael Pittman, and then the rookie Josh Downs. 
effective at the receiver position. Uh, the Buccaneers have been largely disappointing, especially on offense, given Evans and Godwin. Uh, I mean, Evans is still having a stellar year. He, but that's true. Like, yeah. They're putting up a ton of yards, but they're not putting up a ton of points. Yeah, I think that's the part that makes no sense to me. It's like the opposite of the bend but don't break defense. The defense, they give yeah. up the most yards in the league, but then they give up the fewest points. And you're like, how the hell is that possible? <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to take the Colts. I'm going to I'm going to take the Bucks in a do or die. If they win this, they're still in it. But if they lose after today, it's not going to be looking good for uh, Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. Yeah, it's true. I mean, their only route to the playoffs would be winning the division, which is still very much a possibility if they win this and get to five and six, because uh, nobody's in that division is is more than a game over 500. So. Uh, win would keep them firmly in the in the mix. Yeah, Saints are five and five in their first place in the division right now, so nobody's over five hundred. <laughs> right. All right, Rams at Cardinals. I've got next. Uh, Rams are four and six. They've got Stafford back, uh, but they lost Cooper Cup as I mentioned last week. Haven't heard any update yet on the severity of his injury, but it didn't sound very promising. And the Cardinals are two and nine. Uh, they've got Kyler and James Conner back, as we mentioned. Um, Rams are getting Kyron Williams back this week. They're running back. I have some excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good news for them and for you and bad news for me. <laughs> Accordingly. Hopefully, You know, it's funny, too, because normally I'm like, well, maybe they'll, you know, break him in, the limit of snap count. I've never been like, he needs to have the ball 500 times. Well, they released Daryl Henderson, so it seems like he's going to be full go. Yeah, you don't... Uh, it made me feel good over... What was it? Sorry, you and I both took... I think he took Daryl Henderson, and I took Royce Freeman that one week. Yes. <laughs> it made me feel good for picking Royce Freeman because he's still on the team. <laughs> yep, I guess you were right. <laughs> Not that that matters much now, but... Hey, it's a moral victory. <laughs> you take it what you can get. Um, with that being said, I'm going to go a whole hog and pick the Rams. All right. I'm on the other side of it. Give me Arizona. I know Kyler's I been a bit rusty, hate but... myself. <laughs> okay, here we go. Packers at Lions. This is this the early Much game. higher. I'm okay. very disappointed right. in you. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You cough up and think about what you did. Normally, I, I would agree, but I'm I'm less excited about watching the Packers than usual this season for obvious reasons. Uh, they do come in at four and six. I don't know if you're a true fan. Then. <laughs> they come in at four and six, uh, which isn't that bad. But they're heading to Detroit, who are eight and two. They should have 100% lost that game to the Bears, though, last week. Matt Eberflus completely, or whoever was calling the offensive plays as the Bears were trying to, you know, kill the clock up two touchdowns, they completely screwed that up. Probably uh, the former Packers guy, Getze, the offensive coordinator. Um, but anyway, <laughs> the Lions come in at 8-2 and two, nevertheless. Uh, however, the injury situation, once again, is just getting ridiculous for Green Bay. We, we, we already know Aaron Jones is unlikely to play. He's got that MCL sprain. Uh, and then this came out after the game. Their rookie tight end, Luke Musgrave, who has become a big part of the passing game, 
has a lacerated kidney and was actually hospitalized for a bit after the game. Yeah, he was also my tight end in the game. <laughs> so it's your fault. <laughs> oh, it gets better because you have Luke Musgrave and Dontavian Wicks. Dontavian Wicks isn't practicing. Devondre Campbell isn't practicing because they were both walked off the fucking field. <laughs> And then you've got uh, Jair Alexander, who missed last week's game, and also Jaden Reed, who who performed and was very important in that game. Like, we're going to have to field a group of, like, crippled individuals to, like, be on the Packers team at this point. Like, everyone's going to have some type of brace, support, crutch, wheelchair. I don't know. There was a uh, quick aside. The first... NFL video game I ever played was Madden 99 or maybe it was game I think it was game day NFL game day 99 and uh, a lot of times it would happen where a guy got injured like mid play and he would just be like holding his hamstring and like limping around the field uh, that's going to be all the guys on the Packers by the end of this game <laughs> like we see people go down but because we pay more attention to the Packers than anything else like this is ridiculous though yeah, I was looking at the injury report right before we started recording, like on my phone, and I just keep scrolling and scrolling. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> and like, I get, I think it was Joe Buck or Troy Aikman. One of them made the comment by like week 11, who's truly healthy anymore? Like, I get it. Everybody's banged up. Um, but man, like there's nobody out there anymore to play. Yeah. And then on the reverse side, the Lions were getting people back. Right, they've got David Montgomery back, who scored, ironically scored the game-winning touchdown against his former team, the Bears, uh, last week. Um, and they've got, yeah, a, a fully stocked receiving core as well. Um, it hurts me, but I have to take the Lions. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's this funny. is being realistic more than anything. I know they haven't even won anything yet or even made the playoffs, but I'm starting to get tired of them already. <laughs> it's no longer a feel-good story for me. I'm done. I'm ready for them to start losing again. <laughs> okay, Commanders at Cowboys. This is the other Thanksgiving game. Yeah, this is too high. This is going to be like the Cowboys might become the second team this year to put up 70 points. <laughs> I'm taking Dallas. The Commanders are complete straight trash <laughs> you're right given that why did i put it so high i mean it might be a fun spectacle to watch <laughs> i was sitting here like seeing if like anything was going to click <laughs> i mean we did. might be able to see rivera get fired out of a cannon at halftime <laughs> <laughs> just kidding that, that would be the bucks only the buccaneers would be able to pull that one off <laughs> with the chip in the stadium uh, I'd pick a Dallas to win. <laughs> I'm taking Washington. Just kidding. Dallas, yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Surprise. <laughs> All right. Saints at Falcons. Um, Saints are 5-5, five and five, like I just mentioned. They're currently top of this division. Falcons just a game behind them at 4-6. and six. And the Falcons are making another quarterback change. Or more of a undoing their original change. They're going after a couple games of... Uh, Henneke, they're going back to Desmond Ritter at quarterback. I don't know if that's good or bad. Both these guys, actually, I think it's bad. I think Henneke's a better quarterback. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on with this decision. This is Arthur Smith. <laughs> lost his mustache. Now he lost the rest of his brain. 
Was the brain attached to the mustache? Like when he shaved I mean, it? whatever was left must have been, because this is just stupid. Went down the drain with the mustache hair. Um, I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, yeah Derek did. Carr questionable with they the did concussion just, protocol. Yeah, and they just said put Michael Thomas on IR. Again. Well, I mean, they're yeah. used to losing him. Oh, yeah, that's true. So Derek Carr is going to be forced to throw to Olave. Taysom Hill, brother. You taste some hill and watch uh, Rashid Shahid get all the targets. <laughs> it sounds like a fake person. That's a real name. <laughs> I don't care who's a quarterback, even if it's uh, Jameis. Give me the Saints. Yes, Saints. Saints over Falcons with that role. We'll watch. Ritter's going to go off for like 300 yards and win, and we'll be like, what? <laughs> I guess we're the, the stupid mustache ones after all. <laughs> right. All right. This next one should probably be higher. Uh, seven and three Browns taking on the five and five Broncos. I just I just can't get myself to be excited about the Browns with their quarterback situation. And I mean, I don't... it makes it harder for your for preparing as a defense because you just don't know 100 percent who's going in. Yeah. And as the Steelers just saw, it may not even matter if you shut down the offense completely. You could still lose. <laughs> True. I feel like I have to take the Broncos just because they've got a pretty good defense and at least a somewhat competent offense. Yeah, I I would say that I have the Browns slightly over the Broncos because of the whole momentum. They're starting to click. They have things to figure out, but they aren't they aren't as lost as they were at the beginning of the year. And like everybody should have known this was going to take time, but I think it's clicking a little sooner than people thought. Are you talking about Denver? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Um, All right. Steelers at Bengals. Steelers six and four Bengals five and five. I would have flipped this game. Really? Even with Jake Browning, the starting quarterback for the Bengals with Burrow gone. Yeah, I would have flipped this in Chicago and Vikings because the playoff implications with that one is a little bit. Oh, oh put it lower. Okay, I see. Yeah, that makes sense now. <laughs> Honestly, when I'm when I'm doing these at a certain point, I just get tired and start writing them down in the order I see them. <laughs> just <laughs> well, a little. Good to know. Mike's index only valid for first five. <laughs> that would be a more accurate way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, gosh, this is hard because the Bengals do have good players around Browning. Um, but You know what they don't have, though, still, that's been an issue is an offensive line. Hmm. Burrow is on pace to be just to have the shortest, a short career. He's going to be in this league only a few more years with the way he's getting sacked. Hmm. And that type of pressure for Jake Browning makes me really concerned. Yeah, and the Steelers are one of the best at applying that pressure with T.J. Watt. I have to eke out the Steelers for this one. I think so. I I think you're right. Because even though their offense isn't the... I mean, maybe they get a bump by getting rid of Canada, first of all. But even if... Their offense only consists of handoffs. Uh, we've seen Jalen Warren can rip off the big play. 
Uh, Najee Harris, not so much, but he's like, you know, he's like old reliable down there. He's a goal line, third and one back. I would expect a lot of field goals from the Steelers, but the simple fact that the Steelers defense should be able to flip the field and give them pretty good field position regularly. That's kind of the way I see this game going. Yeah, I agree. Maybe even get a score of their own. Um, So, yeah, taking Pittsburgh. Dolphins at Jets I've got next. Once again, the Jets probably higher than they should be. I can't quit them. You are absolutely ridiculous. I've got them fourth from the bottom, so it's not that that serious. (laughs) Your inflection in your voice goes up when you talk about it. Like, you get way too, way too excited. I don't know. I can't explain it. Uh, this is the, the first ever Black Friday football game, so that's exciting. Um, that being said, the Jets are the most unwatchable offense in the league this year, possibly of all time. I uh, saw this fun stat being shared around after this weekend's game. Tommy DeVito, who's only started three games to Zach Wilson's 11 this season. DeVito has more touchdown passes. Just hilarious. And uh, DeVito remains his team's starting quarterback, unlike Wilson, who is finally getting sent to the bench. And not only the bench, but like the all the way in the back bench. He'll be the third string emergency quarterback. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, behind Boyle, the starter, and Simeon, the backup. So it is like, it is over for Zach Wilson. Good thing That's I like- that's like economy class by the toilet. Yes, right. <laughs> he doesn't even have a seat. He's in the luggage compartment. <laughs> He's like hiding in the plane. He's in a suitcase trying to like unzip it slightly enough so he can see. <laughs> Guys, uh, where are we flying to? <laughs> Wilson, it's a home game. Oh. You're going to never, never win land. Uh, you had something there, but it's okay. Taking the Dolphins, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Bears at Vikings. You're right. This one's too low because uh, the the 3-8 and eight Bears, uh, they did look much better. They finally got Justin Fields back. Immediately looked a million times better on offense, which shouldn't have come as a surprise to anybody. But if you listen to any Chicago sports talk radio over the past month, they tried to hype up Tyson Bajant. And uh, I mean, he was fine, but you know, this is why you're a starter in the league though, right? As opposed to a backup, there's usually a reason for it. Well, yeah. And fields can just physically do things that Bajant could never. And you saw that right out of the gate with design quarterback runs and just his arm strength. And man, it was kind of refreshing actually. Uh, Fields look good. And like I said, the Bears really should have won that game against Detroit. And I put it down to their cowardly play calling at the end that they didn't get it done. Um, So, yeah, they're looking much better. The six and five Vikings have generally been very good. I mean, they've won five out of their past six. I am a big Josh Dobbs fan now. And uh, their defense is playing much better, too. That's been another big turning point since early part of the season. I'm taking Minnesota, but yeah, this game is too low. I agree with you. Well, the reason I rank it higher than what it is is because even though the Bears are just about mathematically unable to compete in the postseason, especially with a loss here, that kind of seals it. 
an upset here could really throw the Vikings into some shakiness with a six and six record. Like this is where the bottom of the barrel, the bottom of the division teams have the ability to play just the guy, the team that wrecks it. Right. And I think that's why the Vikings need to not walk into this with, with the attitude of the bears don't matter. Uh, with that, I'm looking for the Vikings to go seven and five. Yeah. I think the Vikings will be too much in the end, uh, but I think this will be a fun watch. Okay. Panthers at Titans. On paper, it's kind of interesting. You've got a battle of rookie quarterbacks, Bryce Young against Will Levis. Um, I almost feel like they're not a comparison. I mean, Will Levis has come way back down to earth after his four touchdown debut. And uh, Bryce Young has been largely a disaster as has the entire Panthers. (laughs) (laughs) Right there sums it up. It's one thing to be brought back to earth. It's another thing to like, you never try to drive a train while it's on its side. You never left earth in the first place. Yeah. (laughs) Mom, dad, watch me fly. And he proceeded to trip over a rock. Just fall flat on his face. Yeah. uh, Give me the Titans. At least they've got Derrick Henry. That's all they're going to need to win this game. Yes, sir. Okay, and then the bottom of the barrel, worst game of the week. Oh, my God. I hope you're with me on this one. The 2-8 and eight Patriots taking on the 3-8 and eight Giants. Bit of a quarterback question for New England after Mac Jones was benched for the final drive of their last game, which was before the bye week. They've, they've had a week off since then. Um, so will it be Mac Jones? To continue to try to fight for his job, which seems like a losing the hell knows. Bailey Zappi. And as I say in the next line, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm actually going to take the Giants. Individual we trust. Yeah, I just think they have more of a complete team, as complete as you can. I mean, it's like a puzzle piece, still missing a few puzzle pieces. <laughs> I mean, the, the Giants defense is playing okay. And they've still but got to take the whole Patriots offense just isn't clicking. And I don't know if it's Bill O'Brien. I think it's a lack of receivers, personally. Um, but, yeah, I, would, God, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I'm going to take the Giants. Wow. Feels weird. <laughs> Feels wrong. I don't like it. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I'll check in the box score at the end of the day. All right. One more quick break. Back with the fantasy corner. <sighs> Now, let's take a trip down to the Fantasy Corner. Going over to Fantasy Football. And look at all the questions on my freaking free frame. Oh, yeah, look at that first thing that shows up. Look, you lost. Oh, yeah, isn't that nice, that little uh, pop-up they show you? Thanks, as if I hadn't been checking it frantically all day. (laughs) Well, and my favorite part is it's just a game, right? Like, no, it's not. This is life or death. You oh, played that. Geno Smith questionable. Luke Musgraves questionable. Justin Jefferson IR. Derek Carr questionable. Antonio Gibson questionable. Dontavian Wicks questionable. Kyrie Williams. It still says IR, but I thought he was playing. Yeah, he, they probably don't have to activate him until game day. Daniel Dopp. Kyrie Williams definite usable as fantasy running back this week. Well, he's going to be freaking used. All right, let's start with a quick recap of week 11. Um, don't look now, Matt, but I have won five in a row. 
most recently over um, Peter, thanks to Lamar, Brees Hall, Joe Mixon. Uh, Puka came through in the end. And then, like I mentioned, Sutton with that crazy that touchdown from Wilson. That's it felt like a risky start, but I was forced into it with the uh, bye week situations. But, I know you you have taken over as second place in the division. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I mean, we're only one game apart, so it literally comes down to this week with, with us going head to head, pretty much. You got a little unlucky <clears throat> in your matchup. I. It was it's close. The injuries, they just they keep. I can't shake them. It's absolutely infuriating. Um, yeah, Geno Smith going out for a while, and then just the lack of usage by Josh Dobbs with Jordan Addison. Like I was literally a touchdown and a few catches away from being able to win. Yeah, I mean, you lost by less than nine. So yeah, like one one big touchdown would have done it. And considering going in, I was projected ninety eight points to one hundred and thirty seven. But I, yeah, <laughs> like kind of like the Vikings, I can't win close games. Like all jokes aside, it's it's extremely frustrating. Yeah, but, um, and, and it leads me to no confidence in here because like I could trade, I could try to make some moves, but like everybody goes down. I just I just don't understand it. Yeah, I can't even imagine how you feel. I've got. Two cues I'm dealing with and I'm freaking out. <laughs> yeah, I have one, two, three, four, five. Like literally, I told you I could field an entire team of pretty much questionable to play yeah. players. <laughs> Do with that information what you will. But yeah, I'm I have no confidence going into this week against you. Um well. It, it, it is a big game. Like I said, we're only one game separates us in the standings. And uh, currently it, uh, it has me with an 89% chance to get to the playoffs right now, apparently. But if you, if you look at the rest of the league, everyone is under 500 except for this. So the four out of the 12 teams are over 500. The other eight are all sub 500 record, uh, which is pretty crazy. I am scheduled. If everything were to end today, or the way this plays out according to statistics that I would end in seventh place. So does that mean I'd make the playoffs? I think that would be one, one spot out because only six get in. Oh. But Hey, that's okay. It's never too late to, to beat the odds, right? Yeah. You're projected fourth. I, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just don't have the the confidence anymore um especially with the fact that and i understand from a player perspective like not rushing justin jefferson back but he was putting up an average of 20 points per game and i have not had that player since yeah i meant to ask you about that were were you sliding into his dms matt because he seemed uh, pretty upset on social media about i was absolutely livid (laughs) i'm gonna move now I like how I'm doing this live on the show. I'm going to move Justin Jefferson now into the IR slot since I moved Kyron Williams up in the starting position. Mm-hmm. Smart. I just had to, I had to pull you, like, make fun of you earlier when you're like, don't forget, like, 
they're playing a keeper league now. Don't get rid of Justin Jefferson. I'm like, oh, this guy takes second place and thinks he knows it all. I know. That text is so funny. I was like, all right, you're right. I'm still in no position to give advice to anybody after I started that Browns rookie last time we faced off. I mean, that was the most genius move you've ever had. And then we traded the following week. And every week you're like, I don't know if I should have done that. <laughs> well, I'm feeling pretty good about our matchup, assuming I don't make some boneheaded decision like that on Sunday morning, 15 minutes before lineups lock. <laughs> tomato, tomato. I think the only question I have now really for my team is at the tight end, right? Because I have Taysom Hill, who's been a stud, but that's been with Derek Carr at the helm. True. So the question yeah. begs, if Derek Carr doesn't play, does Hill become as effective? And then that was more frustrated by the fact that Musgraves was doing phenomenal in the red zone for for love. So I'm like, why well, might yeah. I well grab him? And then he has to go lacerate his kidney. I mean, he was making big plays. They were targeting him deep almost every week. It seemed like he was getting at least a couple of deep shots his way. Um, so that is that's a bummer for them. Um, and for Dontavian Wicks has been averaging almost ten points a game, and like he's questionable now, apparently with a concussion and a knee injury. Like this is just like I can't. This isn't just one person. Like the past few years that have cost me playoff spots were like. One massive player went down. Like I had Derrick Henry the one year who missed like five games and I went one and four. Yeah. But this year it's like, I can't, I can't feel the healthy team where I put them all in and they look good. And then, Oh, well that person goes down during the game. Well, that person missed half the game. I mean, thank God tank Dell started to perform because I got him and he was out for like two games. Right, because it was like he had a couple of big games when he was on my team, and that, I mean that's why you were interested in the first place, right? And then like right after I traded him, he got hurt for a while. So, but but yeah, he's he's becoming a consistent performer now. I do have a couple decisions I'm gonna have to make. First of all, Garrett Wilson and Puka Nakua are both questionable. Oh God, you only have two to worry about, man. What a luxury. Well, and then I've got this situation where the Seahawks starting running back is hurt. I have the backup, so I'm going to have to decide whether to play him on Thanksgiving against the San Francisco defense. And it's like if I knew Puka or Garrett Wilson was out, obviously I would start him in the flex, but I'm not going to know that in time since it's a Thursday game. I mean, what's funny is to to piggyback off of your Seahawks issue, like, I got Geno Smith with Derek Carr as my backup. Like, do I, like, if he plays against the San Francisco defense, like, that's what I have to rule with and pray to God it works out. Because otherwise, if I don't and I gamble, Carr's going to be good to go and he doesn't go, I don't play the second quarterback. Oh, man. That is true. I mean, like, I'd have to move Purdy up into the quarterback so that our, our, OP spot opens up and just plugs something in. Well, you can pick up Browning. Browning's out there and Ritter and Boyle. I'm not starting Ritter. <laughs> I'll play Bortle. Blake Bortle's got me. <laughs> not Bortle, Boyle. Oh. 
You know what? Bortles might get you more points despite not playing. I could definitely see Boyle going <laughs> with like six interceptions. <laughs> I'll pull a you. <laughs> How much? I, I don't even want to look because it still makes me sick in my stomach to think. Could they, what did that guy have like one point, one fantasy point in an entire game of football? <laughs> I don't know, but you know what the false hope is? It's always like such false hope when you see like your opponent's players start off with negative points. And I'm like, like Saquon Barkley started off with negative two, and I'm like, oh, I have a shot. And then he puts yeah. up 28, and I was like, I don't have a shot. <laughs> I was actually watching his stats closely because I have him in two other leagues, Saquon. And he had, even after he had a receiving touchdown, his rushing line was still like eight rushing attempts for negative six yards or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, obviously he got that turned around, so you never know. All it takes is one big play or a couple of them. Uh, that seems like a good place to stop because I keep having to mute myself to have a coughing fit. <laughs> this is the most uh, talking I've done consecutively in quite a while as I'm off work this week. Not that I have to talk when I work anyway, but that's I a mean, whole. You don't work, so. <laughs> and when I do, it's just me and the computer. I don't want to know what you're doing with your computer, but yes, this was this was a productive week, Mike. Let's just say I'm using my hands to type code. <laughs> So that'll do it for us uh, this week. Uh, Matt, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Happy Thanksgiving, my brother, to you and yours as well. I should mention uh, karaoke bet, right, on our head-to-head matchup? I mean, just find what song I'm going to freaking sing at this point. <laughs> so next time, we will have our that karaoke bet payout. Um, it's also time for Contender or Pretender again. After week 12, we'll be at the... Basically, oh the three God, already again. Didn't we just do this? Pretty much, yeah. I make it sound like the biggest inconvenience. Well, luckily, Somebody's our car alarm is going off outside. I'm gonna go kill them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, on that note, happy Thanksgiving to all. Enjoy the games and to uh, all a good night. <laughs> beautiful. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.